Org. I believe in mistakes and accidents that the nature of life is chaos and confusion demands rules of law and order may not stand and I should be Culture. This month's show, I am delighted to have with me two members of Next Haven, Jay Kemp and Victoria McRaven. Can you hear me? You Can you hear me? Oh, sorry. There we go. Let's yeah, try that again. Hello. Yeah. We can hear you. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's such a delight. So, I have Jay Kemp, who is the apprentice coordinator, and Victoria McRaven, who is the programs manager. And you're going to talk to me a little bit, I'm hoping, about the uh, Black History Month poetry event you have coming up this evening. Yes, yes. We have a great event this evening, Black History's Next Future. It's an ode to Black voices. Um, It's a virtual event that's happening tonight from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We have some amazing features, uh, Charmant Influence Little, Goddess Tamani Rain, Reginald Dwayne Betts. I mean, these are some amazing poets. Um, Charmant is from New Haven, Connecticut. He's performed all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he works with youth heavily. He's on the ground, really feet on the ground, working with youth. Uh, he made his name as a slam poet. So a lot of people who are in the poetry realm, they know him as one of the uh, champions of slam poetry. And uh, he also opened up for the NAACP Awards. Wow. So he's a... He yeah. also uh, 
hosts an amazing event in Bridgeport called Poets Realm, mm-hmm. along with co-host, who's also a feature. Her name is Goddess T- uh, Tamani Rain. She is actually ranked 17 as a, a, a ranked international poet, 17th. Um, so she focuses a lot on mental health and the revolutionary work. Um, she's just really amazing. She's from Waterbury, Connecticut. And, of course, we have Reginald Dwayne Betts, graduate of Yale School, mm-hmm. uh, author, author of this amazing book. Amazing Felon. book. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really amazing. And um, I believe he just was featured in the New York Times um, for a project that he's doing with a legendary rapper, Black Thought. That's wow. You really have have a great lineup there. And and for those who right, like a MacArthur is the genius grant uh, where you can go and do whatever you want. And it's, you know, it's really an accomplishment to be the the kind of mind that gets one of those, I think. Um, Absolutely. It's it's an absolute gift to have um, these young and older voices to uh, grace the stage with us. So we're really blessed and grateful for that. So talk to me a little, poetry has just kind of exploded um, and poetry slams are, you know, huge. And if she's 17th in the world, out of how many, how many, is it out of a hundred? I mean, is is the ranking like 100? No, I believe thousands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's a really special opportunity to have her with us. Marta, and is it hosted by our high school apprentices? So here at Next Haven, we are an arts nonprofit, and we have our programming for fellows, which is our studio and curatorial fellowship program, and mm-hmm. we also have our apprentices program, which are high school students based in the New Haven area and the Dixwell community. And each high school student is paired with an artist from around the globe, and they have the opportunity to work in their studios and also develop their skill sets to go out into the world as creatives. So we're really happy to have what these a, high school students here at Next Haven on our creative campus. What a and, great and some, project. How many how many students are there? So there's nine students. Mm-hmm. Um, there's total because there's nine fellows. So something that's really amazing about this event is that this will be the first time that we're doing not just a spoken word event, but the first time that the young people get to hold space where the community is coming in and they can kind of, uh, uh, you know, pretty much share the space of creativity with the community, with other artists, other poets, other local residents. Um, normally they'll do each year. They'll really be working diligently on creating an exhibition project. Mm-hmm. We had our first exhibition last year called uh, Road, uh, Roots to Benevolence. Yes. Uh, however, this year we have a new one coming forward, uh, uh, coming up in June. And this will be the first time that now we get to hold space where we all collectively share our creative voices. So it's really special for the young people to kind of hold space like this for the first time. Oh, what an amazing experience. So tell me a little bit about what, what one can expect. How is this going to work? I know it's a virtual event, so you can get a, get an online ticket and watch it for free. Um, is it, are you filming it live in one specific location where everybody's going to be? How, what are no. the mechanics of this? Yeah, so if you're interested in attending the event, you can go to our website, www.nexthaven.com forward slash Black History Month, and then you can register on Zoom. So everyone will be entering into a large Zoom meeting from their homes, mm-hmm. and that way we can help engage 
from just beyond the greater New Haven area. So it really expands our reach. Yeah, and it's international. Have, That's great. Yeah. We have our three featured artists and then our poets, and then we will then have the anyone who wants to come forward for the open mic mm-hmm. in the chat on a Google form. And in that way, we can just really keep it fluid and who wants to, whoever wants to perform can. Oh, so they'll be performing from wherever they are and you'll patch it in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Hopefully hopefully it won't be in their car with bad lighting and bad sound. Right. I mean, that's the part that the control freak in me would be a little uneasy about um, because I I was imagining that you both were, after you got off the radio with me, going to be scuttling over to the stage area and being uh, setting things up rather elaborately so that people could come in. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping we don't run into uh, people in tank tops and flip flops trying to. uh, (laughs) <laughs> I doubt you will. It, uh, everybody looks quite elegant in the in the flyer that you sent. So yeah. um, I wanted you to talk, if you can, a little bit about um, it says on on the flyer for this. Um, Throughout history, black poets have used the written spoken word to assert the beauty and complexity of our culture. The event is designed to make space for radical imagination and showcase the possibility of activating new worlds through the medium of poetry. Um the, the oral tradition and the spoken word is, in fact, very, very important in the black community. And poetry is just such a big thing right now. And it seems like it's attracting young people in a way that it hasn't for a long time. Um, yeah. And I wondered if you could say a few words about that. Like You've got yeah. all of these high school students who are going to be performing, which I think is really terrific. So what have you heard yeah, from po- them? It, it really is something that uh, they've been leaning into more, um, and especially uh, hip hop being a great vehicle for them to really know how to articulate some of the emotions that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're what I'm noticing, and that's something that we were thinking about planning this event was we were we wanted to honor the history, but we also wanted to honor the future. Yeah, who are our young people that soon will be the history, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, what I noticed in, you know, looking at poetry, the history and the present and the future is that some of the some of the conversations, some of the things that they want to talk about, Langston Hughes wasn't talking about it, you know, because um, right. it was on. So when we talk, a lot of the young people want to talk about their their the mental illness that some of them have gone through or experienced. Some of them want to talk about the school shootings that they've also gone right. through. Or, yeah. Um, and so. What we what we notice is that even with all the collection of pieces that young people have developed is just that there's some narratives that have continued uh, from, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some narratives that are new that our young people are bringing voice to. And I think it's really important to honor the fact that they are helping to shape a new narrative of how of what's going on with our young people today. Yeah, you 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 touched on it the way that art is, you know, it's a sort of cathartic and healing process where you, by verbalizing things, you can actually make things better um, yeah. and connect with other people too, because we, there are commonalities of experience. Um, and that's something that I think has been so important through lockdown and all of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And it certainly helped a lot 
in my own yeah. practice during during the Trump administration and the trauma that that um, incited as well. Right. Um, so art making is is really has the power to heal things or make or improve things or even just create the conversation, the collective conversation about things in a different way, in a constructive way. Um, Absolutely. And what I like about poetry is that you don't need anything. You can, you know, poetry and rap, you can, you can, in the privacy of whatever space you have, you can create it. You don't need yes. to buy anything. You don't need to, but, but your event actually uses fairly high technology to connect everybody together. So you can also take advantage of that too. For sure. And we, we have over 106 registrants for this event. Terrific. So we're just excited to bring people together tonight at six o'clock mm-hmm. for you know, an evening of expression an evening where the young people will definitely be able to talk about their experiences for people to share and really have that sense of community that's been so difficult during yeah. our last couple of years and so we're, we're really honored to have our featured poets as well as the open mic performers coming to the stage so for for our listeners, that event is virtual, and it's tonight, February 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m., and it is free, but you register. How do you register? Yeah, so the registration is on our website. So if you go to nexthaven.com forward slash back history month, you can get to our Zoom link. You just put in your email and your name, and you'll be registered for the event, and it'll give you the link. Do you have so to any- have Zoom loaded onto a computer or... I believe you can sign on as a guest if you don't have a formal. Yeah, yeah. And any parents that are listening uh, that have children or uncles and aunties that got nieces and nephews, make sure they, you know, this is a great opportunity to not just express yourself, but really lean into that creative, uh, that creative mindset. A lot of times, you know, I notice a lot of young people sometimes are challenged in being creative and they're just focusing on, you know, passing the test, getting the grade and, we always want to honor imagination. We always want to honor creativity. So I always want to encourage young people and adults to lean into that childlike play and, and speak your mind, you know, express yourself. Yeah, try it out. Absolutely. It's life changing. Yeah. It can be life changing. So just to clarify, Next Haven is um, spelled N X T H V N. So it's N X T H V N dot com, right? Correct. Yeah. Black History's Next Future. Yeah. Black History's Next Future, NXT. Um, and that's such an exciting event. Is this the first time that you've run a virtual event like this? Uh, this is our first virtual event that would be a meeting style. We had another virtual event for our, our exhibition in the fall, our mm-hmm. Christian Curiel Queen Reveries exhibition. And so this one's taking a bit of a different format. And then our next event after that will be our in-person exhibition opening on March 5th from 1 to 6 o'clock. So the community is welcome to come. It's completely free to the public. There'll be food and music. So we're really excited to get our programming season off this oh, year. Oh, that's great. So we can actually go to that in, in real life. And tell me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so the exhibition is curated by our two curatorial fellows, Marissa Del Toro and Jamila Hinson. And the exhibition is titled Let Them Roam Freely. It will be on view from March 5th to May 15th. Mm-hmm. And it's an exhibition that features two artists, 
Daryl D'Angelo Terrell and Hong Hong, and they're focusing on the creation of portals through physical movement. Mm. So it's a really exciting exhibition because the artists came to the Dixwell neighborhood to create works that are now going to be in the exhibition space as well as some loaned works. So we really want to get people in the community. Um, aside from the opening, our gallery will be open Wednesday through Sunday from 2 to 6. You don't need to register. You can just come to the door and come and check out our space. That you, you're doing so many amazing things, and I feel like COVID has been created all kinds of hurdles and setbacks um, in, in engaging the community and in creating rich uh, visual, ex- visual experiences for people. It's just been really hard. Um, did you end up doing a fair amount of online work with your exhibits? I mean, how did yeah, you handle did. that? Yeah, we did have to pivot a little bit in how we were um, bringing the public to our exhibits. But I think it's also strengthening the reach for folks who aren't able to come to New Haven. So mm-hmm. we did a 3D modeling of our previous exhibition. So you could come and tour the whole space just through our website. So I think we're really now in this virtual moment able to open our the artistic world up even more mm-hmm. through technology and bring people in. And that's why I think this poetry event is really just wonderful that we're able to have everyone engage through Zoom. So you don't necessarily have to be in the space and it really can just bring people together on together on a virtual platform. Yeah, it's it is really amazing what you can do with these things. And it I think it's it's sometimes challenging to create community through Zoom. There's some things about not being able to make eye contact that's a little disturbing yeah. about it. I've been attending a lot of Zoom events and I like them. Uh, but but some of it, it can be a little alienating, but I have a feeling that the open mic format will really work well with it. And it sounds like it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm wondering what you think about, do you think Amanda Gorman is a big part of why young people are responding so much to poetry now? Her performance at the inauguration, um, I think kind of knocked everybody's socks off and, you know, yeah, she's quite yeah, a force. <laughs> I think that was something that influenced a lot of young people. Um, I've worked with young people for the past 15 years with different organizations. And I can say, uh, I would say in the past seven, eight years, excuse me, um, when I was working with the Future Project, where as a dream director, I was working with young people about what their passions and their dreams were and and really helping them create action plans to uh, achieve those. And one thing I noticed was majority of the young people had some type of creative outlet that they saw as a passion, but not a possible career, not a possible as a plan B. Poetry was one of the top ones with a lot of young people. And I think it was really because I feel it was really because they were looking to express themselves somehow. Mm-hmm. And with the music that they listen to being such a way that they escape and a way that they can resonate with a lot of artists, they found their voice in a lot of that and began to just use poetry to express themselves. Right. So I just feel like hip hop played a really huge role in them feeling like this is a lane where I can really create, I could articulate how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Right. And like I said before, you don't need a lot. And now with, you know, the the recording devices on smartphones are so good, too. It's very easy Mm -hmm. to make and and record and edit sound in a way that never before. So it's, um, you know, 
um, I see uh, journaling also is like almost a, uh, for a lot of young people. They love journaling. Interesting. When I present way. And many times their journal entries end up becoming their spoken word pieces. I want to I want to get back to that, but first I want to say you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM and streaming online at WPKN.org. I'm Martha Willette Lewis, and this is Live Culture, and I'm just in discussion right now with Jay Kemp and Victoria McRaven from Next Haven about Black History's Next Future, an event that's happening tonight, Saturday, February 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m., and it is a virtual poetry open mic. So uh, journaling, um, what, what do they draw as well? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of them that draw. Uh, this is just really through my work of working with young people through social emotional intelligence development mm-hmm. and really uh, helping them regulate their emotions. And when I present journaling, it's something that they either already do or mm-hmm. they quickly grab to and they start to find that the, the, what they write ends up becoming more and more creative and eventually they want to share it at an open mic. Even uh, one of our poets, uh, Tamani Rain, our features, a lot of what she uh, is speaking on and what she's uh, uh, creatively expressing came from some of the things that she journaled, things that she experienced as a teen. Um, and so I just noticed that a lot of teens find their voice through poetry in journaling. That's so interesting. I, you know, I, I personally, I'm a visual artist and I've always had a notebook with me and I both write and draw on it. And usually it's sort of unintelligible scribbles, but they're meaningful to me. And I learn, you know, and I develop things through them. But I've felt like analog means simple things like pencil and paper are not, um, have been kind of tossed by the wayside. And I think it's unfortunate because you think differently when you're using your hand than when you're typing, say. Um, is it hard to get them to start using a pencil and paper or no? <laughs> oh, I would say it's interesting for journaling. No, mm-hmm. but, or, uh, you know, keeping a calendar yeah. or keeping, you know, some notes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there is, there is definitely a more positive, you know, studies to show that there's a positive effect of actually writing down what you want to journal. But I do speak with them about the benefits in uh, having a goal and writing it down specifically and yeah. how beneficial to their, to their mind and to their emotions. Right. And it's so easy to lose an idea or a train of thought if you don't just write down something. And even if it's just sort of like a half, half scribbled remembrance of it. Um, right. And then it, you can bring it back. And honestly, for note taking, I think that writing by hand still beats typing it in. Um, at least for me, I can't, I can't really remember things in quite the same way that I do when I, the actual writing of it helps me remember it. I did have a little shame not too long ago when I couldn't find a pencil or pen anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Next Haven should make some really cool pencils that say Next Haven on them. We actually have some Next Haven pencils. Ooh. That was one of the first, the first things we got. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so for listeners who are just uh, checking in now, do you want to talk, tell us again the lineup for tonight and a little bit about how it will work? Sure, yeah. So tonight, uh, February 26th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., this is a virtual event. You could go to www.nexthaven.com backslash Black History Month to register online. 
Uh, we have amazing special guest, Sharma Influence Little, uh, who is from New Haven, Connecticut, performed all over the country, works heavily with youth, and has also been has also opened up for the NAACP and is huge in the uh, slam poetry world. We have Tamani Rain, who is a uh, who work who does a lot of her work in mental health and revolutionary. Uh, work. She's also ranked 17 internationally as a, a slam poet. So amazing. And, uh, yeah. And we also have Reginald Dwayne Betts, who's a graduate of Yale School, author of the amazing book Felon, and also a recipient of the 2021 MacArthur Fellowship, um, informally known as a Genius Grant. Mm-hmm. So, the new book, it's a book, right? That's- yeah, yeah. Felon, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a book, and he went to the law school, didn't he? He graduated from the yeah. Yale Law School. Right. So he's so he's very genre boundary crossing. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. As we expect so, from oh, as we expect our, from a genius. Sorry. Go on. I interrupted yeah. you. No, that's fine. I was going to say, hopefully our young people will get familiar with uh, Black Thought, who I was going crazy over him, and my kids were like, my, my young people were like, who's that? And mm-hmm. I'm like... How do you not know who the roots are? You know, yeah. so I think this is a great way to bridge that gap. I, this seems like a great event to watch with your family too. You were you were shouting out to people with children and and families, and I think this seems like a great way to spend the evening from six to eight. You know, have a little supper and have, watch some poetry. Maybe even participate yourself. Yes. Yes, we look forward to seeing you virtually. Yeah. No, that's so nice. So, will both of you be presenting? Or is it the students who will be presenting? How is it? Who's emceeing? So I will be the main MC just because it's virtual. If mm-hmm. we were uh, in person, uh, it would be mainly a, a good balance between me and the young people. The young people will be presenting. They will be performing. I will be the main MC along with uh, Victoria, who will chime in here and there. And um And yeah, we'll also be spotlighting a lot of people from black history. And there's also people in our community currently that our young people want to really highlight. So in between performances, we'll be giving honor to some of those people that have already been influential for the black culture. That sounds great. It sounds like a really rich and very deeply thought out project. It sounds terrific. I am going to be attending. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, Victoria and Jay, I want to thank you so much for being on Live Culture. It's been just a delight. And I'm so glad that Next Haven exists and it's um, thriving and surviving and, and being creative, you know, in these incredibly challenging times. I, I don't think that there's anything more important for maintaining mental health than, than art. Um, yeah. And but also it's just it, it's what makes it's one of the better parts about humanity, I think, that we make art. Absolutely. And we share art. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you're interested in finding more about Next Haven, if you go to our website and you go to the bottom, you can sign up for our mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can get up to date on any events that are happening at Next Haven. You know, we're constantly doing new things here. So we really love to have people in this space. And if you are available on March 5th, we're having an exhibition opening for Let Them Roam Freely. And we'll have the artist in conversation, Hong Kong and Daryl D'Angelo Terrell there. But thank oh, you so much. Fun. Yeah, how fun. And also you have opportunities for, for students. Is that not right? Isn't there an open call now? Yeah, well, the open call is not yet. Um, okay. We will be 
happening more in April. Uh, the applications will be open, um, and there'll be an opportunity for six different positions to be filled. We do all our apprentices are with us their whole time of high school. So and it's New Haven students. It's New Haven students, New, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. New Haven students. So if you join us as a freshman, you're with us all the way until you graduate. Wow. Um, so it's a big so commitment about, too. Yes. Big commitment. Great opportunity for college prep, uh, understanding the uh, different career pathways and also putting more, uh, should I say more flesh to the vision that they might have of them being an artist. Right. And, you know, like I, they try to put it as a plan B, but we encourage young people to understand that this is and adults and parents to understand that your artistic career can actually be financially beneficial, you know, and, and so they're exposed to a lot of workshops and artists who kind of show them that path. So we have six slots that are going to be open after this year. Um, so once the applications are open, it will be a very, very rigorous um, process. And it will be definitely something that the kids have to work for. So Great. it's going to be Great. Yeah. Thank you both, Victoria and Jay. People can find out more by visiting the nexthaven.com website and register for the event tonight and find out more of this information. Thank you so much for being on Live Culture. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, so when we uh, come back after this track, I'm going to have photographer Kim Weston, who is also about to start a new gallery and educational center in New Haven. So New Haven is hopping with artist-run projects these days, and I'm so delighted about that. So I will have Kim on the line in just a minute. But first, here's a tune by Nyree, which I love, called I Wear Black. I wear white, illuminating easily the heartache. So you can see the renovations you make. No say though, beautiful movie. I wear blue, memorized from when I had first met you. That's how it is, just feeling, feeling like you, liking you, what you were doing. I wear gold, powerful and worthy of attention. Sorrow, cause I agree fair. 
Live Culture. I'm your host, Martha Willette Lewis, and I have on the line with me Kim Weston, who's a photographer, visual artist, and soon-to-be gallerist and an educator as well. Um, you're opening up a new space in, in New Haven. Is that not right? Hi, Kim. Yeah. Hi, Martha. Yes, I'm opening up Wabi Gallery, and uh, Wabi stands for C in Algonquin, one of the native languages that was spoken in the area um, many thousands, many hundreds of years ago, I should say. Wabi, yeah. to see in Algonquin. That's lovely. Yes. Yes. And tell me about, it's an unusual, so I'm so proud of New Haven for having these artist-driven projects um, that, help the commu- that help enrich the community, and yours is one of them. Uh, talk to me about what the mission of it, because it's not an ordinary gallery. It's a little bit different. No, Wabi is committed to diversity, um, inclusion, art education, and sustainability in the arts. And one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I do is have a welcoming space. A lot of people are very, very intimidated by art galleries. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a space that felt warm and inviting. So we're going to have... um, a shared space where there'll be working computers, five or six computers that people can come and rent on a um, monthly basis or daily basis. Um, There'll be a gallery space, of course, where up-and-coming artists and young students um, who go through our programs will be able to exhibit. Those, um, Those walls will also be there for artists that are well into their careers that will be examples for the younger artists 
in terms of skills and levels to be able to look up to as examples of what they can be. And so that space will also hold programs and um, be open to community gatherings and, you know, um, uh, get togethers. That sounds lovely. And it's, it's a beautiful building you have on court street, which is right in downtown new Haven, right near city hall there. Um, Talk about the building and a little bit about the construction process because you're in the middle of it right now. Yes. So no one's occupied this space at 126 Court Street and since, uh, I think, 1985. Oof. It used really? to belong to the telephone company. The space was, uh, the building actually used to be part of a telephone company. And um, no one has been in this particular part of the building since it's been taken over and renovated for condominiums. Mm-hmm. And so the space that I have had was the le- one of the last spaces to even be touched. And so um, people have owned it through the years, but no one has actually taken on doing the project right. until me. <laughs> wow. Well, so, I know it's a huge undertaking, but it has these incredible windows. The facade of it is really beautiful, kind of art deco-y looking. Yeah, yeah, with brass outside. Mm-hmm. It's going to be beautiful once it's cleaned up. It reminds me of the Roaring Twenties, you yes, know. Yes, yes. And so it's a gorgeous building. The space inside is beautiful with over 20-foot ceilings inside. It's about 2,000 square feet. Um, the architect. Um, that did the work for me, that's doing the plans. His name is Eric Epstein. He came out of retirement for me. Um, He's a really good friend, and Mm -hmm. he's put his heart and soul into creating a space that artists can come into, and he really believes in what I'm doing um, with Wabi Gallery. It's for a the project artists. built with love, it sounds like. Yes, 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 it definitely is. You know, being an artist is, you know, one level of expression. But when you have the opportunity, like I have, um, to be able to open up a space for other artists, it's a whole new game, right? Because yeah. these are your peers, right? These are your friends. These are people that you know what they're going through. So I wanted to make sure that I build a program and a place where people can come and learn their craft, but not only that, but the business behind being an artist, Mm -hmm. because I don't believe in, you know, the starving artist philosophy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've lived it, but I don't believe it either. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've had moments in my life when it's been true too but i don't hold on to it it's not one I, it's not a model i want to replicate I've, i believe it is time for that one to go away and for artists to get paid for what they do and you know i think one of the problems is, is that many people have jobs that they don't like and and i think this is a fair criticism like why why do you get to do what you love to do and get paid for it you know you should just do it cuz right. you love doing it um right and i and i think that overcoming the kind of sense of contemporary art is the emperor's new clothes and um it's all some kind of scam is something that's really important overcoming public conception about what art is what artists are what we do um and what you said about galleries being really intimidating to people, I think that that's really, it's important because um, in the past when I've been 
working in nonprofits. Um, I worked as an education curator at a local nonprofit. And one of the things that I did was lead people on tours of the gallery, not just to see the exhibit, but also to learn how the gallery functioned. Um, right. So that they wouldn't be intimidated when they would go to any other kind of gallery. Like, look at the binder in the front. Know that you don't have to, you're not, nobody's expecting you to buy anything. You're, you know, this is for you. It is not, we're not trying to sell you something. I think those are right. really important things um, to make people feel welcome in galleries. Right, right. And that's that's very true. I mean, it's not just that, but, you know, a lot of galleries, you're shushed. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. talk. And I want people to come in and talk. If you see a piece, say something. Right. You know, express how you feel because that's what that artist wants. Right. You know, you look at the piece, they want you to respond. And I want to be able to capture that and be able to tell that artist, hey, this person came in and they screamed when they saw your piece or <laughs> they didn't like it. They yeah. didn't understand. And I tried yeah. to explain to them what was going on. And, you know, because there's a dialogue, you did something and got a response from this particular person that was looking at the work. Right. You know, so, you know. Yeah, because it's really, really important. It is really important. I always love reading the the guest book comments um, at the ends of shows, like what what people liked and thought about things. You know, the the thing about being an artist is you're making the work, and you have ideas about. You know, it might be therapeutic or cathartic for you to make it, or you think it's about one thing, but when you put it up and put it out in the world, it has a kind of life outside of you, um, and and people have a different kind of conversation with it. Right, right. So it's not just about that artist statement. No. And it's not just about, <laughs> you know, what you thought you were creating. Right, right. right. <laughs> and you definitely can't tell other people what they're going to, you know, what, what to experience. They're going to experience what they experience. Right, because they're going to bring their stuff to the table. Absolutely. Look at, yeah. look at the work. So, so that's something that um, I think it's important when you're on the teaching side of art to explain to artists that you may have an intention, but that intention is not always what people will get from your work. You know, you can talk about image making in terms of, say, a photograph, and you can say, well, I went to the store before I took this photo, and my grandmother was sitting over there, and I decided I would pick up the camera, and I would bend to the left, and, you know, you have all this stuff that you want to tell me before you took the photo, but none of that matters to the person that's actually looking at the picture you actually took. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, I was really hungry when I went to the store and I, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, right. So right now with Wabi um, Gallery, uh, while we're waiting for the space to be built, I decided that I would start things online because of COVID. Terrific. And so we have our, our website uh, is Wabi.gallery. So that's W-A-B-I. W-A-B-I dot gallery. And it's growing. It's still growing. We have um, 15 artists mm-hmm. that we're showcasing uh, from various um, ages. Right. Some of them uh, are internationally recognized. It's, it's an impressive yeah. and, and fine list. Yeah, it looks exciting. Yeah. We have artists like Zoom Lee, who just won a Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Nona Faustine, Fabulous, who is yeah. just 
just unbelievable. We went to um, uh, we went to graduate school together. Mm-hmm. We have um, local artists, um, Abby Griffin, who's a sculptor, Ruby Gonzalez Hernandez. Oh, yeah, she's, fab- she's fabulous. Yeah, Ruby is young and vibrant and so exciting, so important to New Haven. Um, I love her take on art, and she's just an incredible person, very humble. Um, she introduced me to a new artist, um, Daniel Ramirez. Uh, I think I have his name right. Um, Romez. Um, he is uh, an incredible artist. He's over at Next Haven right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Who I was just there. talking to before you on air. Yeah, he's yeah. A- their program. Mm-hmm. Um, was he one of the high school students who passed through their program? No, he's actually doing the residency okay. program. He's a professional artist. He's Wonderful. been doing photography for about 20 years or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's oh, so just he's a seasoned veteran. Yes, he's, he's, he's from Mexico. Just a beautiful spirit. And Ruby introduced me to him and I asked him if he would come on and be a mentor to some of the younger artists. Oh, and he's fabulous. already helping Ruby in the dark room. That's so, great. you know, he like mine, he was like, Yes, I would love to come on and help and support. So, you know, we have a mentorship program, a, a focused fellowship program where we have about seven students who they're going to learn photography and learn how to use equipment. They'll learn how to um, use photography to either go into college or use photography to work for themselves Mm -hmm. or to work for someone else. So So, this is so good. You know, there's so many different kinds of jobs that you can have if you have this skill set. I just want to say very quickly that you were listening to WPKN 89.5 FM and streaming online at WPKN.com. .org. I'm Martha Willett-Lewis, and this is Live Culture, a monthly program about art and culture. And I am in discussion with Kim Weston, who is a visual artist, educator, and the uh, proud creator of the new Wabi Gallery, which is a new kind of model of art center, uh, not-for-profit art center, which will be in downtown New Haven. And tell me more about, about this educational project that you have going now and what the online parts are going to be. So we have um, we have Focus Fellowship, which is for high school teenagers. Um, they are learning about their photography skills. They come some come with knowing everything, and some come with nothing. But by the time they leave the program, they start in October and they end in June. They will know how to wield a camera, and they will know how to. You know, they will have their own website, their own Instagram, their own business card, and they'll know how to go out there and make a living doing photography if they choose to. Um, If they want to use it as art, use it as a means of doing art, they'll have a portfolio that they will be able to use to get them into a college or get into various programs. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing is trying to help them create tracks that they can choose and know very early on that, look, I can I can take photographs while I'm getting my degree to help me pay for my food or lunch yeah. or books or right. whatever. And the same thing will happen with some of the other disciplines. I'm a photographer by trade, so it's easy for me to start with photography online. So when you and say so you're I, a photographer by trade, what does that what does that mean? 
I went to um, Cooper Union mm-hmm. um, I early did too. on. Oh, really? Yeah. Hi. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Cooper Union back in, I graduated in 92. Mm-hmm. And um, when I finished, my mother told me I needed to get a good government job. <laughs> and I refused to oh, go Mom. work for New York City Transit. Right. And I refused to work for uh, any of those kind of jobs. Yeah. So uh, she kept me in art school. So I don't know what the issue was. So I decided <laughs> that I would go work for the music industry mm-hmm. and um, there's different photographers out there. I tried to get jobs with them, but they wouldn't hire me. And this one photographer said, well, no one's going to hire you because you're just as good as they are. And so they're not going to hire you to, to, to um, learn their trades. Yeah. 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 So, I'm up. so he told me, he said, think of it as school, like what you did at Cooper. And put together a portfolio for whoever you want to shoot for. So if you want to shoot for the music industry, put something together for the music industry. If you yeah. want to shoot for, um, you know, for Vogue, then put together something for fashion. Mm-hmm. So I did something for music, and I ended up working in the music industry for quite a few years, and um, I had a great time. So that's what I did, but I walked away from fine art. Yeah. And and um, that's something that... Um, I, I ended up getting back to just seven or eight years ago, and I went back and got my master's at the International Center of Photography um, BARD program. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. And in that program, they really steered you to, if you're knocking on the doors of the galleries and you're submitting your work to the different residencies and they're not accepting you, and I'm not saying that this is what happened to me. Why not build your own? Yes. And so Cooper Union had that kind of same mentality. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so here, years later, I had this opportunity when my parents passed away to purchase the space downtown New Haven. I said, you know, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to build a gallery space where I can teach because I love teaching and where I can have a gallery to help young artists get their start. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build it myself. And so with that encouragement from my MFA, I, I just decided that I would do that. Now, career-wise, I'm doing pretty pretty good, too. I just had a show at um, last year at the De Cordova. And at oh, the I love the De Cordova. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And um, at the Pittsburgh Museum, um, mm-hmm. Arts Museum, um, there also. That's and in Massachusetts I, as well? Do you have a Massachusetts yeah. connection? Yeah. yeah. They, just, they just love me. They keep calling me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I um, do a lot of work in terms of my own culture. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a half Native and I'm half Black. And, you know, so I do a lot of work in terms of the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Mm-hmm. So um, they they said, come bring your work and bring your ideas and we're going to definitely do something with you. So I got a big so write up and all that stuff in regards to that work. So it's important for me to still do the work that I do, but it's also important to share the love and the knowledge that I've gained over the years. You know, Martha. I do. You're, you got to pay it forward. You're a union person, so you know, <laughs> I you do have know. to share all that good stuff. You have to share all that good stuff. It's important to pay it forwards. It's important to mentor younger people 
and we need more art, not less of it. Um, and we need to, you know, create better understanding within all of our communities about, about the, what art does for everybody. Right. I mean, right. it's, uh, it couldn't be more important to me. And I love the kind of utopian nature of artists where everybody, regardless of how bad things are, finds creative ways to, to reinvent things and make it themselves if, if it's not already out there. You know, we're the ones right. who imagine the future. Right. And we need to, we need, right now, things are pretty dark in the world. We need to really find ways of, of bringing back or bringing good things forward as well. Well, my, one of my other goals is, is to make sure that I bring together our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not just saying community just because it's one of those nonprofit words that you use. Yeah, it is being thrown around a lot. <laughs> I'm a, um, I'm a not profit um but the arts council is acting as a um fiscal sponsor for me Mm -hmm. to help me raise funds for educational programming Mm -hmm. and to also build out the space great and so if you'd like to donate please so where do they (laughs) do the arts council will take your money great (laughs) so that's the arts gallery that's the arts council of new haven so kim i'm gonna have to close out with you um but i want to say thank you for being on live culture and people can find out more by going to wabi gallery wabi dot gallery right yes that's wonderful Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Martha. Have a wonderful day. You too. It's been an absolute, absolute delight. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What is violence? Tell room keys Born for days We're just reaching We're in a maze Lord I tried But I'm a dead weight Please me behind Lord I tried but bones weary please leave me behind I had word from the capital they want my head Support for WPKN comes from Fairfield University's Quick Center for the Arts, presenting Ballet Folklorico de Mexico live and in person on Saturday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Celebrating their 70th anniversary season, the performance will include live music, beautiful costumes, and traditional dances. Details and ticket information at fairfield.edu slash tickets or through the box office at 203-254-4010.
Support for WPKN comes from the Connecticut Guitar Festival presenting its fifth annual celebration of the people's instrument online and in person at the Westport Public Library. Featuring live concerts, international artists, educational opportunities, and exhibits. Beginning Friday, March 11th through Sunday, March 13th. Classical, rock, folk, world, and jazz. Something for everyone. More details available at ConnecticutGuitarFestival.com. On this day in black history, February 26, 1869, the Senate passed the 15th Amendment by a vote of 39 to 13. The 15th Amendment to the Constitution granted African-American men the right to vote by declaring that the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous conditions of servitude. As part of WPKN's Black History Month celebration, join us as we present a 12-hour tribute to the late, great Peter Tosh, O.M., the mystic man, the reggae pioneer, one of the original whalers. We'll be joined by reggae historians, promoters, acquaintances, and family of the late, great musician. That's 12 hours of Tosh, from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Saturday, February 26th part of WPKN's Black History Month Celebration 2022. Music Mash is back. WPKN's Music Mash Record Fair is coming back to beautiful downtown Bridgeport on Saturday, March 5th. The place is Reed's Art Space, located at 1042 Broad Street on the large ground floor event space. You will find dealers of vinyls, LPs, 45s, music books, posters, DVDs, t-shirts, and even some swell WPKN merch. Two Roads Brewing and Berlinetta Brewing will be on site. WPKN DJs will be spinning records. If you are a seller interested in renting a table at the event, send us an email to office at wpkn.org. Hours are 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Early bird starts at 8 a.m. Come early for free coffee! And $7 general admission starts at 10 a.m. Students are $5 and kids under 12 are free. It's family friendly too. Lot parking is free right across the street and it's a short walk to Metro North and the Port Jeff Ferry. We hope to see you. Let's get out of the house and even bring a friend. That's why, darling, it's incredible. For many people, gambling can be a social activity. For others, gambling can cause problems. For some, gambling can become uncontrollable. If you don't know when it's time to quit, then it's time to call for help. Free confidential help is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-789-7777. That's 1-888-789-7777. Bridge House is a community for adults with persistent mental illness who choose to take an active role in their recovery. Since 1986, Bridge House in Bridgeport has helped thousands of courageous men and women who have walked through its doors find hope and purpose in their lives. We are dedicated to supporting individuals in their recovery process through employment, education, and social experiences. 
Bridge House is a unique resource for anyone with a mental illness who wants help. Information about Bridge House and the services we provide can be found at bridgehousect.org or by calling 203-335-5339. You're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM, Bridgeport, serving communities in Fairfield, New Haven, Litchfield, and Suffolk counties, and streaming to the world at WPKN.org.